This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, yo? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown coming to you from Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, Death Valley, where uh, Patrick, the eighth-ranked Tennessee football team, just kicked 25th-ranked LSU where it smells funny. 40-13. to I don't think any of us thought it would go that way. We all on the staff, all five of us, picked Tennessee to win the game, I believe, but 40 to 13 are you kidding me yeah uh two things this is a statement of intent i think from tennessee and it was an ass kicking from start yes, to finish i mean uh opening kickoff tennessee make you know makes a play gets a turnover uh punches it in seven nothing just like that get a long punt return after a three and out uh later in the in the in the first half really to start the second quarter they get the uh the stop on fourth down at midfield touchdown right after it was 20 nothing that was it i mean lsu never really threatened to, to make a comeback. And this was an LSU team that had come back from 13 against Mississippi State, come back from 17 down uh, against Auburn, and, and there was never any threat. Um, this was, a, I think, a complete performance by Tennessee. Now, was it perfect? No, they still left some points on the, on the field, I think, on offense. I think they would say the same thing. But uh, defensively, other than some third and longs, there were a lot of situations where, uh, in key moments, Tennessee made the plays. And then they got the advantage on special teams as well, even though they, had, they did have this field goal. But um, really complete performance and, and – you come to this stadium, uh, you come against a team like LSU. I mean, LSU won the national title three years ago. Yeah. This is this team is not as good as that team was. Obviously, that was an all-time team. Uh, and this one is not. This one has been more grit than glory uh, so far. But, I mean, Tennessee came in and it was kicked their ass. I mean, it was thorough. And, and uh, some of the scenes after the game in the fourth quarter with Tennessee fans taking over the stadium was something that we haven't seen in a long, long time, Wes. No, we haven't. And, and I'm, I'm definitely going to put a slight pin in that because I definitely want to discuss that in full later because there was a lot of orange here. There, there is a lot of orange in this state right now. I was getting heads up from people last night saying there's a lot more orange in New Orleans than I thought. There's a lot more orange in Baton Rouge than I thought. Uh, it's like at some point we're just going to have to stop doubting anything about what this fan base will do and where it will go and how fired up it will be to go there. It, it's, it's an, it's an unbelievable uh, performance from them. And, and Hendon Hooker thought they were the MVPs of the game. Jalen Hyde said, didn't feel like a road game. We'll get more into that in a second. As for the, the game itself, the start, you couldn't ask for much more. Maybe you get a touchdown early to make it 14, nothing instead of 10, nothing. Um, but there was a time there late in the first half. Uh, I think it, the score is 20 to seven. LSU gets the ball back after Tennessee misses a field goal. And LSU, you're thinking if they go and put something together quick here, even though Tennessee gets the ball to start the third quarter, this could end up being you know, a one-score game maybe at halftime. And, and that would have been sort of a shame because the total yardage disparity wasn't that great in the first half. But LSU made some colossal mistakes and Tennessee made some big plays. And, and really, if not for settling for some field goals, this thing would have been home and hosed 
when they went in at halftime. Um, but what happened was, what had happened was, uh, you know, you, you get it's, you, it's the middle eight. Tennessee's yeah, been really good in the middle eight. The last were, four minutes I mean, of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half, and you could you could even throw the pit game in there where they stole three points at the end of the first half. There, they did, and they stole three points in the first half of this game because. Uh, what happened was Tennessee misses the 50-yard field goal, plenty of leg, but it clangs off the right upright. It's a windy day right here. The wind was at his back, but it was clearly affecting some long kicks today with some of these 60- and 70-yard punts that we saw from LSU. <laughs> that guy, ooh, he's got a leg, uh, just like Paxton Brooks does. Um, but then Tennessee gets another stop on fourth down. You get Byron Young and, and company coming in for the sack. And then Tennessee, uh, Hooker misses a couple throws that he maybe shouldn't uh, have missed, but you know Princeton fan maybe could have caught one of them, should have. But then Hooker composes himself, hits the 30-yard strike or whatever it was to Brew McCoy uh, with about six seconds left. Tennessee gets up, spikes the ball, gets a field goal. It's 23-7 to at the half at that point. And then Tennessee gets the ball to start the third quarter, comes down, lightning quick touchdown again. And, and in my opinion, there was your game. Yeah. Um, because it's not, it felt like at one of those points there were times in the first half where, again, we're going to have to stop conditioning ourselves to think this way. But that, you know, they really – should have put this game away, and they didn't, and they're at Tiger Stadium. Even though there's a lot of orange here, there's more gold and purple. There's 102,000 people. They can get going, man. Like, they get a slow start, Cajuns to the day, but you get them going, they're going to get going. But then uh, Tennessee closes it out, and in the second half just absolutely whipped them. Yeah, it was a, they squeezed the life out of the game in the second half. You talked about the, the drive coming out of halftime, just like there was against Florida. They go down and score. Um, you know, Squirrel White makes a great play on that third one. They yes, get a big run for Hooker, and then uh, Jalen Hyatt gets it, you know, gets the touchdown. But they came back out and got three and out for that. So, um, and, and what's interesting to me is is you're starting to see, you know, Tennessee's offense. I still don't know that they've hit like full on no. like blitz you mode. I absolutely don't believe they have. Uh, and, and and that's one of the first things Josh Heupel said after the game was, you know, we had field goals, and we should score some touchdowns. Um, now LSU came into the game with, I think, the best red zone touchdown percentage in the SEC or near the top. Uh, a lot of that probably had to do with Auburn because they squandered about five of those possessions sure last did. week. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to, but team, that even when their offense isn't clicking, they're affecting how the game is being played. And we've seen that in both the SEC games so far. Billy Napier goes for it on fourth down six times. And Florida got five of them. I think all of them were short yardage. Um, and, and then Brian Kelly does the same thing. Like, uh, in, in the first half, you know, it's what, 10 nothing. They get a good drive, uh, down inside the 20. It's fourth and four. It's not like it's fourth and one. And they go no. for it and don't get it. Like, um, you know, maybe should have taken some points there. Uh, the one you touched on at the end of the first half, that was, that was boneheaded. That, uh, a coach who's been to two playoffs and a national title game shouldn't make that mistake because if you don't, even if you don't get a sack across midfield, Tennessee needs two plays, even though you know, they didn't have any timeouts left. Tennessee needs two plays with the win at its back with a kicker who can hit it from 50. To, to you know, and, and Tennessee could have gotten more out of that if they had thrown and caught a little bit better on yes. those last couple of plays because yes. yes. um, they had spread the field so well at that point. That was right after Hooker had been absolutely drilled on the corner right. blitz where, where Dylan Sampson, the freshman, he wondered didn't. if that was had him a little shaky there for yeah. a second. If he, but he came back and he said after the game he was fine. Uh, and what, what was the other fourth down? Was was also a, I think a defining sequence of this game was again short of midfield you're going for it on fourth and one after you had a third and one where you you kind of got cute ran a little play action two man route that Tennessee covered they had to throw away now that's a call you make if you're going for it 
but you know they run up the middle. Garland's a guy that doesn't get a lot of pub, but he he gets you know LSU's running back right into this offensive lineman because Garland pushed him in the backfield. Aaron Beasley knifes in there and makes the big play, and then you know, Josh Heupel's we're going we're going for it. They get high at uh, matched up with safety, perfect throw by by Hendon Hooker. That was probably the best play of the day for Tennessee, uh, just in terms of aesthetics and how how pretty it was yes, to throw to Hyatt. Uh, and boom, just like that, two plays, it's 20 to nothing. So um, there were a lot of those sequences in this game where, where Tennessee's defense made plays that they didn't make against Florida. Though. They didn't get off the field on fourth down. Now, they gave up way too many third and longs. It was almost getting laughable at some points where it was like, LSU's in third and 13. How are they going to get it? And this is not a great passing team. But um, those key plays swung this game to where you get the lopsided scoreboard. But, you know, at one point in the third quarter, you look up and the yardage is like, Tennessee's got 400, and LSU has like a little over 200. You're like, mm-hmm. Okay, now, now it's starting to show up in the box score, and, and I don't know what the final rushing totals were. Tennessee had, let's see here, uh, Tennessee rushing had a bunch. I think I want to say 269. Nice. Um, I think LSU was under 100. Yeah, LSU's running backs combined uh, for 17 yards on 12 carries. Well, I mean, and I said going into this game that every time LSU wants to hand the ball off the middle, Tennessee would be like, okay, great, do that. That's great. So, Jaden Daniels that, hit, him on that. Some, hit him on some runs, but uh, this is another game where Tennessee defensive line dominated, I think. It LSU did. It, dom- it the dominated ball. the game. Five sacks. Uh, Byron Young made himself some money, I think, today. Two and a half. Um, and just a you know a thorough performance that we haven't seen Tennessee come into many venues in this, in this league, much less this one, which is we're sitting here looking at the stadium. It's a really nice stadium. It can get really loud. Mm-hmm. But Tennessee never gave it a chance to, and, and the loudest probably it was was when Tennessee was making plays because they brought so many daggone people to down here. Yeah, and I ended up looking up. I was so close to being right, but I was so I was so not accurate in the end. Forty nine carries for two hundred and sixty three yards for Tennessee today, and LSU had LSU had fifty five rushing yards. And, and, and I wrote in my matchups column a couple days ago that I gave LSU the advantage when Tennessee runs the ball. That was a mistake. I boo booed. I don't think you were alone in thinking that. I mean, no, I, I, when, is, I, when I wrote the keys to the game, I said production from the running backs because, you know, you still didn't think Tillman was going to play and you don't want to put everything on Hooker because you don't want him to take 10, 15, 20 hits every single and, game. And this was Tennessee without its starting left tackle. Jeremy Mincy didn't play today. They, they rotated uh, Jeremiah Crawford and, and Dane Davis in there. Did you see any difference? No. That's the thing with this offense. You know, take Tillman out, take Mincy out, they just plug the next guy in. That's a sign of a good football team. It's a really good sign of development preparation and coaching staff having guys improving players and getting them ready to play uh, when their number's called. And those guys also staying ready because Jeremiah Crawford hadn't played since the Ball State game. It would have been easy for him to sort of start feeling down the dumps. He was Check in, out a little he, bit. He was in a preseason battle with Mincy. Mincy's the new guy. He probably feel like he's given a little bit more to the program. Had a good offseason by all accounts. And no sign of it today. You know, Dane Davis is a guy that probably always has a chip on his shoulder. And, and I thought he always came in last season and played well. Didn't see anything different in either of those guys today, which is which is a credit to them and a credit to, uh, I think, some bigger picture things with this program right now. And before we go to break, I, I do want to mention, expand just a tiny bit on something you said that I think is one of the biggest stories about this team right now is the way that this offense is affecting the way opposing coaches call the game. Napier goes for it six times on fourth down because he said bluntly, I had to, we had to score points. Well, what's different is that we had L- to score points you, to beat this team. You think LSU would say, They'd have much more confidence in their defense than Florida would. Yes, you would think so. And the but LSU and Brian not. Kelly after the game said he he elected to he told his team if they won the toss to go ahead and take the ball because he said I wanted to do any 
small thing I could to maybe limit the number of possessions they had in a football game because you just don't want that offense to be on the field. And so they're getting in people's heads. When you look at numbers, and Tennessee has played five games, three against ranked teams, Tennessee's number one nationally in yards per game. Again, three ranked opponents from the first five games leading the country in yards per game. When you have production like that, even without Tillman, even when Hooker misses a throw here or there, even without the left tackle here today, you are getting in people's heads about the way they have to play against you. It reminds me almost a little bit of, you know, when Oregon was just burst onto the scene and was doing that really with Chip Kelly was doing the, you know, the, the, the really high tempo and their high scoring games. And it started to mess with a lot of coaches who were playing Oregon and they started doing dumb things because <laughs> it, you get in people's heads when you can move the ball up and down the field at will. Yeah. And, and again, you would expect that from Florida because they're all, they're, all, they're, they're defense, not a lot of depth, a little shaky. Um, you would expect that, but, if you're at LSU, you got a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Your defense has won you football games this season. They swung the Auburn game, made some big plays this season. I don't know why you wouldn't rely on them more. Uh, so that, that's maybe the difference where, but that, that's that's what this offense says. <laughs> even when they're not alterating, even when they're not blitzing teams 28 nothing in the first quarter and big playing them to death on that stuff, just their threat is you got to coach the game differently. And sometimes that gets teams and sometimes that gets coaches out of their comfort zone and they do dumb stuff or they do things that uh, put their teams in a bad position, which I thought Kelly did some of that today. It also helps when you allow an opponent to rush for only 55 yards, uh, an opponent that's got some pretty decent running backs, not a great offensive line, but some pretty decent running backs and a quarterback who's a really good athlete. Uh, that also changes the game completely too. You get off the field a little bit. That helps a lot. We don't, we, we don't need to go too long in the podcast without mentioning, by the way, the defense did a lot of things a lot better in this game, and we'll have more time in more podcasts later in the week to discuss that. But right now we're a little bit pressed for a break. We're a little bit pressed for time more than usual today, so we're going to hurry up. We're going to get to break. I'm going to pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be back here at Tiger Stadium for more of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown coming to you from Tiger Stadium, Baton Rouge, Red Stick, Death Valley, Tennessee, uh, brought the the death to the valley today, forty to thirteen. The, the eighth ranked balls looking every bit the top ten team now that, that that they're ranked. I think some questions about that can kind of go to the side now uh, because LSU is a decent team, came into this game ranked, had won four games in a row, uh, and Tennessee just absolutely wore out LSU in this game in the stadium where I don't care who you are, you don't you don't come here well, to LSU and do that very yeah, often. I, how many? I mean, we'd have to go back through the. The schedules to see when was the last time a, a non Alabama team came in here and just beat LSU by 27 points. It's probably been a long time. I mean, time. I think there was a Dak Prescott Mississippi State team that might have done it. Like, well, that would have been like, what, 2014? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been a long time since somebody did what Tennessee did today. And we're going to talk more about that. Before we do that, though, just a quick reminder, guys, if you could take about a minute out of your day right now, 60, 75, 90 seconds tops. Please go in there and rate and review this podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, we love you, man. Nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Cobalt's 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. Very few complaints from our end about that. You never want to say no complaints, but very few complaints from our end. And uh, what helps us out the most is if you rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people you see at church. Tell people you see walking your dog. Tell people you see at the park. You, you, you're, you're playing frisbee golf with dudes. Uh, you're, you're seeing uh, some, of your, some of your girlfriends you're going out and about. Or you don't have any friends. And you just see somebody wearing orange and you say, I wish you were my friend because I don't have friends, but I like Tennessee and so do you. And you should listen to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. So if you're doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, on that note, shout out to the gentleman who was sitting uh, on the row in front of me on my flight from, from Dallas to Baton Rouge on Friday morning. Who was reading Go Balls 24-7. Nice. Reading about D. Williams. Nice. He was educated about D. Williams, but D. Williams, his first play, I think, first touch of the football as a Tennessee player, almost bust a punt return. Yes. And, and, I mean, he can't get tackled by the punter. No. That he, <laughs> that he, won't go over well in the film in on the Monday. Film, in, in the film, that's going to look like, hey, that's awesome, bro. That should have been a house call. <laughs> you, 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 Dude, it's like, uh, and then Jabari Small, as great as he played today, had the one play where he sort of tackled himself, what you might call a self-jam, when he uh, when he tried to kind of chop it down a little yeah. bit, and he just sort of slipped on the on the the slippery bayou turf and uh, hit hit the ground. Shout, shout out Parks and Rec, and then also the uh, a couple guys at, at our hotel this morning came and, and stopped us and said, "Hey, we read your stuff." Shout out to those guys as well. Shout out to those guys, and you know what? If, those, if you listen to, thank you for listening. Yes, too. and if those guys, if you go tell your friends, and all of a sudden think of it like. A virus, but a really cool one. Oh, don't do that. No, no, we're okay. We're past this, Pat. We can discuss this now. We're adults. And you just spread information and love and all of these things. 
go do that. That's what we're all about here. We're all about love here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Unless you don't rate, review, and subscribe, in which case we don't necessarily love you. We'll just tolerate you maybe, but we'll talk badly about you behind your back. Pat, when you look at – we talked a little bit about this in the first segment, and we're going to touch just a scotch on the, the huge – game against Bama. Everyone knows what's coming down the pike next week. We'll talk about that and we'll have a whole week with a lot of podcasts to talk about that. We won't ignore it here. But Tennessee fans, a lot of those people could have been like, you know what, I'm going to save my money and I'm going to pay whatever it takes to get in for the Bama game next week. Uh, you know, I, I'm going uh, to, this is a long trip. I don't know what, what, what the flight situation's like. Uh, a lot of flights are getting delayed. I'm just not going to mess with well, this. Let me counter- they were here. Let me counterpoint Callahan you. Do it. Do, do it and to say it. that this is a game Tennessee has not played in the stadium in 12 years. That's true. So, and much like this game, the pit game, some of the other unique road trips they've had over the time that I, you know, this is I think my 11th full time football season here. Mm-hmm. Some of these games that's a little bit out of the norm. You know, people come to these games a lot. Um, you know, we saw it against Pitt. Not, not a game. You know, Tennessee's never played a game in Pennsylvania. Tennessee hasn't played here in 12 years. They hadn't played at Oregon in a long time. Uh, but now they're coming and they're enjoying the game itself, and not just the, yes. not the just trip the, and, and the party. Not um, just not just the party before and after. The party actually during the game turns it, out turns like, out when yeah, you're winning football, and, it's fun. And, and these people had a party here during the game. Um, yes. It was uh, loud from the opening kickoff on opening touchdown. It was very loud on the, uh, the touchdown pass from Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyatt. It was deafening in the tunnels. Um, now, just to paint a picture here, there's a tunnel. There's two tunnels down in the corner behind the Tennessee bench where the main Tennessee section is. One is for the team to go in. The other is for, I guess, people to leave. Um, and, and the post-game media room is down the second hall. These, again, they're right next to each other. They're pretty much the same space. Uh, and, and the post-game media room is to the left. And Tennessee fans are just streaming out there. And it's deafening in these tunnels. Yes. Um, and people just, you know, you take some video. There's people yelling in the camera like I'm a news like they're going to get on the local news. Sorry, you're going to get yeah. on my Twitter feed. Yeah, you can have that. <laughs> You've got that, but just, I mean, uh, yeah. And, and a couple of players talked about how they felt like they were at home today. And, and I, some, I can't, did we touch on this podcast? Just the last time Tennessee fans like took over a road stadium like this. That wasn't Vanderbilt. That wasn't Vanderbilt. We have to throw um, that. that and there's also been there. times at Kentucky in recent but years where lately. that's happened. I mean, all not, those not, games. Not in the past seven, eight years. I'm talking, about a, um, I'm talking about a game where you go on the road and you kick ass. And, you, and, and all the home fans, you know, LSU fans, many of them had left by the end of the third quarter. All of them, uh, most of the remnants had probably left after they did Colin Baton Rouge. That's their yeah. start of the fourth quarter thing. Got to stay to hear the north. Yeah, you got you to gotta belt it out even when your team's getting it blown out, even when it's 37-7 to 7 or whatever it was. Um, and, again, Tennessee's had this happen to them where teams come into Neyland Stadium, win handily, celebrations, fans take over, all that stuff. I can't think of the last time Tennessee did that to another team except Georgia in 2006. I was at that game. Yeah, uh, where They were down early. That was early October game. Both were undefeated. I don't think Georgia ended up being very good. That was but the, the block punt game. Block punt. They got on Sports Illustrated the next week. Um, and, you know, they ended up winning 51 to 33, I think, mm-hmm. in that, that game. Is, that was so the um, that's the last time I can remember them sort of taking over a stadium there at the end like they did here. And, um, yeah, this is – Again, I think some of these factors. This is a great fan base, first of all. That's the main reason that they that this happened. Stiff upper lip, right? They've been through a lot, and they are they have embraced Josh Heupel. They have embraced Hendon Hooker and this team. 
and he's embraced them too. He may not always show it because he would be a great purple player. (laughs) He's down there shaking hands after the game. Um, I'm really happy that we just scored a whole bunch of points and won another football game. And uh, so it's so great. Everybody's, you know, it was nice. We got a lot to clean up. I mean, it's like, dude, did you win or lose? Like what? I can't tell. Like, what? <laughs> what? But no, they, they were, Pat, they were, they were, un, they, they, they were unbelievable. They made a difference and, in the game. And, and let's, I don't want to, I mean, we can talk about if we think they can beat Alabama, but God help us all. If they do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this, what, this, this, this gonna be is ready for something. I don't, I don't want to get the cart ahead of the horse here, but if Tennessee, big if, beats Alabama next week, they have to let them tear down the goalposts. I don't think – They have to take I don't, the fine. I don't know that anybody's going to stop them from they, doing that. Well, if you try to stop them, that's when you get into trouble. That's, There's that's, a big fine that's for where a Tennessee Danny, guy. Danny White could just tweet Venmo a buddy and, and get, the, get, the, get the money covered and take care of it. Tennessee got fined a bunch for the shenanigans against Ole Miss. I thought that was kind of crap. Get better officials. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, I mean this this fan base is great, and, and and they you know they deserve a team like this that's fun to watch that, um, that's got a lot of likable players on it. I mean this team has some swagger to it. I mean there was games won, games out of hand, fourth quarter they go on an eight minute drive. I think Josh Heupel was in the post game wanted to be like I want to make sure you guys saw it. We had an eight minute four minute yeah. drive, eight minute four. He really drive. wanted to let. He almost kind of he was he, like he kind of grindled with there. He's like, hey, you guys want to tell me how long that drive was? Uh, I, he one hundred percent knew. Yes, 100% new, 100%. <laughs> but that's kind of, I mean, that's some swag right there, yeah. right? Yeah. There was a play. The last play of the game, the last play of the game, they go get an interception on a fourth down where it's like, why are they even still trying? Don't get anybody hurt. Trayvon Flowers goes out there. It's like, I still want to play. I'm going to get a pick. You know, that, that is the bar of Bill Simmons. Term. That's an FU interception right there. Yes, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. Uh, but, that, no, I mean, there was a play, and you'll love that I'm bringing this up because they ran a play under center. They went under center like five times a day. I'm just trying to get it. I'm uh, trying to get it. Well, they did get stuffed on one on, on under center, third, and short. Then they ran the end around. But they ran, they ran a pass play. They snuck Princeton Fan out in the flat. He caught the ball. He's getting tackled. I mean, you're up 27, right? Or it might have been 37, yeah. 13 at that point. He's just let him shove you out of bounds. He's fighting for extra yards. He's kind of, you know, after the play, the fans got really into it. Like, excited, you know, Tennessee fans, he's having in front of their bench. The bench was fired up. He gets up and, you know, kind of struts a little bit. Like, and that's like. He's got some swagger to it. If I look the way Princeton fan looks, I would flex my <laughs> muscles a lot of people. That's what I would do. Yeah, um, you know, Kayshawn Butte, he and Kamal had a mix-up at one point. I think him the I think they actually quarter? got in a fist fight during a play. Like an actual they it's might like have. it's like there's still a play going on, guys, and like, yeah, no, we're and, just fighting. And yeah, I think it was twenty nothing and Butte, who's been a huge bust this season. Yeah, they need to um, they need to uh, just flexing. I'm like, dude, like what are you doing? Like you no. He'll he'll um, he'll he'll go make his millions. He'll be all right, but but he's frustrated right now, you can tell. Yeah, and and yeah, the, we don't need to get into LSU's issues. They've got some. But, um, I mean, this this team just – I mean, this has got a good football team, a, a damn strong football that's, team to borrow the Les Miles term, which that, is fitting. Yes, it is. And that's what I was going to talk about before we stepped out of here uh, is to make sure that we mentioned at some point we're going to have to really learn to recalibrate our brains to what is happening here because you hear the, the good old put your cup on for Tennessee, and, and I get it. it we all think it. It's been that way for about a dozen years plus, fourteen, whatever it's been. That's almost that's like a generation almost. Like you, you start to it starts to seep into your pores. That sort of frustration and and what was me and what was us and sky is falling, and you start to think you know you know there's just this top tier of college football. There's four or five teams that are untouchable right now, and and really is Tennessee even a top ten team? Really, like we're gonna have to adjust our thinking because the way things are going right now. And again, you almost never go from where they were to 
to like winning a championship like in one year unless you like have Cam Newton or something or Joe Burrow you know, yeah Joe Burrow <laughs> like it's hard to go do that but but we probably need to start thinking like hey they really are good yeah and maybe the thinking needs to go from waiting for the other shoe to drop to the other shoe's about to kick the other team in the ass <laughs> yes mean, it might it might I mean that yeah and, and I don't know you know I guess you're trying to think you're, you're trying to spin this towards do we think they can beat Alabama where this is the perfect situation where Tennessee has been getting its brains beat in by Alabama for the last, what, 15 years, I mm-hmm. think, the streak is. But now, when was the last time Tennessee went into this game really thinking it could win this game? And we'll see. I mean, well, you know, as yeah, we're recording this, Alabama hasn't played uh, right. against, well, against A&M and tonight. It, the, the, the thing shifts, too, you know, we put on Bryce Young. If he plays tonight, if he's... What's he, what he looks like. If he is going to be available, you know, what does Cedric Tillman do? Because there were some plays that Tennessee threw to Romel Keaton that, he, you know, maybe Cedric Tillman makes a couple more of those plays, and Tennessee's got Brew McCoy made him though fifty something on the board instead of forty. So, uh, and that's not a shot of Keaton. He he did fine today. Uh, made He's big, doing his job. Right, right. And, and again, you plug him in, you don't see any difference with the offense. No, and, and you're right, Pat. I mean, shout out, shout out to to Ramel Keaton. He's out there doing his job. He's doing what they need him to do. He's stepping up and, and helping Tennessee. Uh, and, and he made that unbelievable play against Florida. That's not a knock on Keaton. It's just saying, hey, you're not Cedric Tillman, bro. That's not a crime. There's only a couple of those guys around. Um, but to, to the larger point, there is a belief now that it is possible. And I asked a couple of the guys about this after the game. Just what is it like going into just about any game going, oh, wait, we can win this game. Like you're not thinking you got to play perfect. You're not thinking you have to do absolutely everything right. Uh, and they do need to play a little cleaner than they did today. But it's it's no longer a pipe dream, I don't think. Pat. I just don't think it. I mean, it, it's still not what you would expect maybe, but it's not a pipe dream. No, and, and I think something that Zaylen Hyatt said, it might have been to your question, just they just trust the coaching staff. They trust the coaching that they're getting. They have all off season. Um, you know, I, I've always thought there was a real professional kind of workmanlike vibe with this team, but it's not like serious. I think it starts with Hypo. I think it starts with Hen and Hooker. Um, those guys, you know, when, you, when your quarterback is one of your hardest workers, and I think Joey Halsey mentioned this back in the week, when your quarterback's one of the hardest workers and people see what he's doing, and saw what he did last year, they're going to do the same thing. At least you guys like Theo Jackson, throw a name like him, do what he did where he works really hard and, and plays like he does. That's that in, that's infectious to the rest of your team. And so that's why you're seeing guys get better. You know, they don't rotate a lot on offense, so we haven't seen a couple of these guys. But they step in and make big plays. Um, you know, defensively, their defensive line's playing really well. They're playing a lot of guys up front. Um, you know, Dejon Terry, I thought, had a really good game against Ford. He starts in this game. Mm-hmm. Latrell Bumpus is quietly playing pretty good football for them. So um, you see these guys, and it's just the it's just the, the uh, bar. Yeah, I think something that Cedric Tillman said before is that when you're prepared, you know your your preparation is going to carry you, and you just have to go out and deliver. So, and Jalen Hyde said something along those lines. Yeah, I think right. Hooker one of them. And, and, and Byron Young said that the defense had uh, some. Of the, I think he said some of the coaches told the defense that they had two of their best practices they've they've had under the staff here this week. And it comes out, and you see what happens. So that, okay, we got to do this again. Let's do it again next week and have another good game. So uh, that that's this isn't happening by accident. This is not a fluke. This is a, a coaching staff and a program that is really believing in itself, and, and it's it's a workmanlike, business-like, but fun approach where they they compete hard, they love each other, they um, and and their preparation during the week is. And this isn't going to sound like coach speak, but when you prepare well you feel like you're going to go out there and play well. And I think the, the, there's a level at which they carry themselves to. There's a level. Like they're, when they're competing, 
they're acting like alphas out there. But when you talk to them, when you sit down, when you think about how they are every second, they're not actually on the field. There is a very quiet, workmanlike, professional approach that these guys have. And they are having fun. But they're also, you know, they're being careful what they say. They all said today, listen, we know what we're playing next week. We know what kind of team is coming to Knoxville. We're excited. We want to go play. We think we can win the game. But, like, we got respect for those guys. They're really good. And, and they, But they – they say we got a lot of stuff to do, and they probably could have scored 60 in this game if they really want to, if they executed just a little bit there, better. There's, there, probably, there, there's some things out there. There's probably a lot of people that were are, are surprised at Tennessee's 5-0. I bet the people in the program are not surprised. No, I don't think they are. Um, and I didn't have Tennessee at 5-0. I think I had them at 4-1 at this point. But um, everything's still out there for them. The East, you know, and you know, we'll see if they – even if they lose next week. I think they got yes. – talking big picture, if you can get the East still in play – when you go to Georgia. So even if you kind of have winning this game, I think gives you a little bit of wiggle room. Put some pressure. It puts pressure on them. Well, yeah, I think if you get to that game where it's almost like a de facto deciding game with Georgia, then the pressure's on Georgia at that point. Um, and, and the Bulldogs have been a little maybe disinterested, flipping the switch on when they need to, all that kind of thing, which is normal after a, a championship. Happens after you win a title. And also after you lose five first-round draft picks off your defense. Um you know, but, but yeah, I, I, it's not crazy to talk about these things because I've, I bet they're talking about it behind the scenes. They probably won't admit it, but they're hell thinking no, they won't admit it. But hell yes, they're w- talking. When about it. you know some of the lip service, you know, we hear Josh Heupel talk about chasing championships. He's not just saying that to say that. I mean, I think he genuinely believes that. And as you keep winning these games, and as you keep playing like you do, that belief goes stronger. That you know we can just we can do more than just win a few games here. And I think Tennessee's close to that point, and and that'll be on the line next week uh, when Alabama comes down because that's the ultimate. Measuring stick, right? Yes. Because they've been the best program in college football for 15 years now. Without question. So we'll see how they do. We will see how they do. And, again, we, we apologize. We're a little bit more brief than normal, especially given the circumstances. But LSU uh, has a rule where you got to get out of the press box at a certain time. Also, the wind was blowing like hell earlier when we were doing our video stuff. Apologies. We're doing the best we can with, with some of the situations. We got thrown at us this weekend. But the bottom line is – um, we're covering a good football team, and we're acknowledging that. And I hope everyone who's out there listening appreciates it too, um, because you never know what's going to happen. But just what's happened to this point, enjoy the ride. Has been pretty damn fun. Enjoy the ride, Tennessee fans. Yes, you, yes. That's the best advice right now. I think that's the best way to. You know what? We'll end it on that, Pat. I think we got nothing else. So you got anything else? Nope. There's that button, and now I can say. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. 
We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it, get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? I, I, he already put my comments out there, so <laughs> he, he had direct quotes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.